everyone. Welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I am your host, Linda Huang, and we are back after a sort of summer break. Don't Call Me a Guru is recording at Nate's radio studio in Edmonton, Alberta, and we are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Financial. I want to shout out to my new audio producer, Emma Morrison. Emma is a Nate radio broadcasting student, a local Edmonton musician, Twitch streamer, and all around very, very interesting person. You can follow her on Instagram, Morrison225, or if you're on Twitch, follow her, Rockets time rockets with a z because <laughs> she's very cool <laughs> many thanks to emma dave albright and the nate radio program for supporting this podcast okay let's get into the episode surprise i don't have a guest this episode <laughs> as regular listeners will know the podcast format has shifted a few times over the last couple years Former co-host Tyler Butler and I used to chat about social media news, share our thoughts and insights, then we switched to interviews, then we switched back to just us, then Tyler left me, tears forever, and then I went back to interviews with people because no one wants to listen to me talk for 40 minutes, probably. There will be more social media guest interviews in upcoming episodes, but honestly, I did just miss talking about what's new in social media because, as you know, things are always changing, features are always being added, and so I'd like to make sure that I can still incorporate those updates in this podcast between those interview insights. Also, I didn't get my shit together fast enough for a guest, <laughs> so that's really why we're doing an updates episode. <laughs> So sit back, or if you're listening whilst, you know, vacuuming or whatever, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing, but settle in. There's a lot of changes you might have missed on social over the last few months, and we will get right into it now. Did you <laughs> Strong start. <laughs> Did you know ads now make up one in four Instagram and Facebook posts? A Marketing Land article says increased ad volume is a result of increasing ad advertisers. What I think that means you should keep in mind is that there's more noise than ever before. So you have to be creating ads that break through and your ad targeting and your messaging has to be relevant for your audience. I saw a great Instagram ad for Calm, that meditation app the other day. It's like an ocean wave video that, that looked like an Instagram post, but then the waves washed out over this fake caption and just really caught my attention. And I think you should try to channel that type of creative attention-getting energy into your ads, especially knowing that so many posts um, in the newsfeed today are ads. Speaking of ads, more companies are now placing uh, Instagram story ads. So my biggest tip for Instagram story ads is to remember that you should always give context in those very first couple of seconds as users are tapping their way through. Make sure it doesn't take a few seconds to get to the point of your ad because by that time, people will already have tapped their way through the Instagram story. What do you know about TikTok? I feel like this was the summer of TikTok, formerly, formerly Musical.ly. This app just topped 500 million very engaged users. You don't know much about TikTok. Think of it like Vine, but with longer video, better music, and storytelling options. There's some very, very funny, entertaining videos on TikTok, and many brands over the last month or so have started creating accounts on the platform. Kind of feels like... Um, you know, Snapchat at the time when brands were flocking to Snapchat as it was growing in popularity. TikTok's VP recently said that for brands to succeed, they cannot just repurpose what they're sharing on other platforms. 
Like Snapchat, when brands were starting to get on it, the message was sort of, you need to be silly. You need to kind of poke fun at yourself. You need to be more behind the scenes messy. With TikTok, I think that's even more true. So ultimately, I think the best TikToks are the ones that make people laugh. And I am not a TikTok strategy expert, but I'm sure that there are people... <laughs> who are using that title now. Um, but really, it's definitely a humor-focused platform. There's some pretty good beginner TikTok guides for brands out there now. If you are interested in experimenting really with any social endeavor, do it with intention. But even if you're not ready for TikTok or you don't think your brand makes sense on TikTok, you should at least grab your organization's username on that platform, even if you're not ready to jump in just yet. But make sure that you don't do what I did because I'm not Lindork on Snapchat. I, I was like, I don't need Snapchat. Why do I need Snapchat? And I waited too long and someone took my username and it was a very sad day for everyone involved. So don't be like me. <laughs> Uh, much like it did with its Snapchat competitor, Instagram. Oh, Instagram. <laughs> Copycatting Instagram. Uh, Instagram is reportedly working on replicating TikTok's key features in a tool called Clips, which will let users record multiple videos into a single video story, and then it'll give you options for music and adjusting speed and time. Basically, everything that TikTok is doing. So your first thoughts might be like, ugh. Can't Instagram come up with its own features? Why is it just copying TikTok again? Or, well, copied Snapchat, now it's t uh, copying TikTok. But honestly, copying Snapchat's stories really worked for Instagram, so this should likely uh, have the same effect. And um, yeah, you know, if you're afraid of TikTok or you don't think that TikTok makes sense for your brand, then just wait a little longer and you can use the features on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, Twitter Marketing just released a participation playbook. So these are insights gleaned from award-winning Twitter campaigns. What does it take to make content worth talking about? The Coles notes of the insights is that they're recommending you monitor real-time conversations to understand what audiences are interested in. Uh, if you're only thinking about retweets and comments as a measure for success, you're thinking too small. Uh, they encourage you to consider the impact or result that you want to make beyond social, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then consider self-awareness and self-deprecation. Getting that right Twitter tone for your brand can really make your content go far. Uh, if you want to look up the full participation playbook, uh, just Google it, Twitter Marketing Participation Playbook, to dive deeper uh, into their insights and specific case studies for your own inspiration. So this is nice. I like this news. Have you ever attached a bunch of images on Twitter and then realized you wanted to change the order, but you can't? So you need to delete, delete, and then reattach. Or if you're a bit more strategic, do you ever intentionally attach images one by one in the order you want them to appear in the tweet? takes a little bit more effort and time. <laughs> well, Twitter's just launched the ability to drag to reorder your tweet images. It's a very minor update, but I think it's a helpful change that could save you seconds. <laughs> Another Twitter update for iOS users. Um, oh, I should add that the dragging to reorder is only available on iOS. See, it's things like that that make me unsure if I should switch from an iPhone to an Android because iPhones always get the updates first. And that really, I think, would, would bug me as someone working in social media that I don't have the feature because I have an Android phone. 
But why are the Android phone cameras so much nicer? So this is my current debate. I am basically deciding in January whether or not I want to switch to a Google Pixel or the next iPhone. And things like this, Twitter updates for iOS users only, is making me think that I shouldn't switch. But the cameras are so nice on a Google Pixel. Please, if you relate to my struggle, tweet me. <laughs> so another Twitter update for iOS users is if you use lists, you can now more easily tap and swipe through to view uh, list feeds, sort of like an alternate timeline. Um, so lists obviously can be a really great way to monitor conversations and categories of topics um, that matter for you personally or for your brand. So it's just, again, it, it feels like a minor update. You know, they're not, they're not tackling the hard issues like harassment and that sort of thing, but they're, they're giving us an easier to swipe to list. <laughs> so as you know, it's been a few months now since Instagram removed the visible likes on the platform. And, you know, for most people, actually, I'm able to see everyone's likes. And I'm, still, I don't know why. So <laughs> it hasn't actually rolled out to everyone, even though it says it's rolled out to everyone in Canada. Um... Anyways, apparently Facebook is now on record uh, as confirming they are looking about looking to uh, consider whether they should hide the like counts on Facebook too. Um, ultimately, I just think this means that, like with Instagram, you just need to consider going beyond vanity metrics for measuring your success, and then particularly from an influencer point of view, it really forces the organization to do just a bit more research and place just a bit more value into the actual content and the audience and the relationship uh, versus just the likes. And that's not a bad thing. Um, and if it helps with mental health, then that's a good thing too. All right. So I've still got a ton of social media news and features you might have missed over the last few months. But because we are a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, we have to take a quick ad break before we continue. And it will also give you a break from my voice. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you in part by the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, which happens on October 10th. The Wellness Summit is a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness. This year, the focus is on what it takes to create healthy workplace cultures where everyone thrives. Supporting the health and wellness of employees is becoming a major consideration for many workplaces. Among the speakers is Drew Dudley, whose TEDx talks on everyday leadership has been viewed millions of times. Alberta Blue Cross has designed the summit so that you're not just sitting and listening. You'll have a chance to actively engage with the information, the speakers, and other attendees, and will come away with practical tools and evidence-based resources you can use. The summit is at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel on October 10th. Learn more at thewellnesssummit.ca. Welcome back to Don't Call Me a Guru. I am your host, Linda Huang, a.k.a. Lindork on Instagram and Twitter. If you're not following me, please do. And also, give my new audio producer, Emma, a follow, Morrison225 on Instagram. <laughs> we'll dive right into a few more pieces of social media news and features you might have missed over the summer. So, let's talk about some social media ad changes. Uh, paid social. Big part of social media, uh, community managers, social media, digital content specialists' lives. Uh, Snapchat, if you're using Snapchat, who is still, who, which brand is still using Snapchat? I want to know. <laughs> Snapchat has increased the length of their video ads uh, that organizations can place on the platform. So it used to be that businesses would have 10 seconds. You got 10 seconds to get your point across before you kind of swipe up to get people to your website. 
Now they've expanded the length of video ads to three minutes. I don't know who's sticking around for a three-minute ad, but the length is intended to let brands expand their messaging, particularly maybe giving more engagement options or incentives for audiences who do stick around uh, and watch the fuller three minutes. Facebook uh, testing new shopping ad options, which would allow you to complete your entire purchase within the app versus needing to head off-site to the website. So this uh, this change would apply for both Facebook and Instagram shopping ads, which I think um, is probably a good thing for a lot of uh, businesses who have uh, e-commerce and online shopping carts. Um, makes it a lot easier when you can just get them uh, right in the app. I've actually found that uh, for Facebook's Eventbrite integration. So really easy um, for people to buy their tickets right within the Facebook app um, if you've got your uh, event tied to a Facebook event. Very handy. Facebook is also rolling out uh, new interactive ads that let audiences try on like makeup or shades. Uh, you've likely seen some teasers of this type of ad content before, but now it's actually rolling out. Um, and then in addition to these, um, cr they're creating these interactive ads that you can have people do polls or play different games. Um, but it's considered an ad format, which is kind of cool. Facebook's also rolled out uh, new automated lead generation features for its messenger ads. So essentially, you can create something like a chat box, <laughs> chat box, <laughs> chat bot, <laughs> a chat bot like feature, customer service experience, uh, right through your Facebook ad manager. Um, and the reason they're doing this uh, is because there are um, more or increasing studies that show that people are demanding a response uh, from the social media accounts that they message um, immediately. They want you to reply immediately. Um, Resource-wise, that might not be uh, realistic, but they're making it easier for you to create um, something like a chatbot uh, within that Facebook Messenger ad manager. So Pinterest uh, is also upping its ad game, saying it's going to soon release Shop the Look ads, which will let brands showcase up to four products in one ad. Honest question, I would love to find someone locally, uh, a business locally, because I know that there are some bloggers uh, locally who have had who have ha had Pinterest success. Um, but business-wise, is there anyone in Edmonton who's who's done some successful Pinterest advertising? Because I would love to chat with you about that. I just don't think that it's something that too many people locally um, are using. But Pinterest is is still quite relevant, um, especially for that female uh, demographic. Um, even TikTok uh, has some ad news, guys. So TikTok uh, is releasing an audience network that basically lets businesses target TikTok users based on what type of video content they are watching on the app. So if you want to be able to target TikTok people who are watching animal videos, then you can do that now. <laughs> and uh, is it time to consider Reddit advertising if you haven't yet? I love how niche you know, passion topic specific you can get with your Reddit ads. Um, I'd love to test uh, these ad placements and formats out. Um, you can target by Edmonton or different local or topic specific subreddits. Um, similar to Pinterest, I don't feel like I have heard much uh, local business success stories when it comes to Reddit advertising. Um, so if you have done uh, Reddit ads and have some measurements there and have some su success stories there, uh, would love to chat with you too. Really, this podcast now is just me asking you for, like, guest ideas. <laughs> Help me. 
And then finally, on the ad front, uh, Instagram advertisers can now convert organic influencer posts into ads. So this is essentially boosting an influencer's post, which they likely partnered with um, on. And then, uh, and then in theory, the influencer's post would show up as a sponsored uh, piece of content, um, but that through the back end, the ad manager, um, the organization that boosted it or that partnered with the influencer would be able to see all their analytics uh, and that sort of thing, um, which sounds great, but a company just recently tried to do this with me and ended up creating a brand new but identical post using my username and content, which I didn't love. So you would think creating an ad based off an existing post means you're boosting the existing post. But but it might just mean that you're just creating an ad that looks like the post, which is really dumb, I think. If anyone's had more experience playing around with this, please let me know. It's been a sore point for me in general when I've tried to create my own Instagram ads um, selecting use existing post, um, and then it's created a new post instead. It's not... I don't think that's the expected or intended user behavior, but maybe I am doing it wrong. And if you have done this successfully, I want to hear from you. (laughs) Okay, so, hey, this podcast is just going by so quick (laughs) when it's just me. Uh, That wraps up our paid social updates. Um, And when we come back from the next ad break... I will share a few social media user behavior updates with you. Uh, So please pay attention to this very important ad. We ask these children if they know when to go to emergency and when there are other options. If you got in a car accident or like having trouble breathing, I would go to emergency if I had a really bad hockey skate cut on the neck. They're there to treat people that are really sick or really hurt. If you have an emergency or if you're not sure, we're here to help. Know your options. Call HealthLink at 811 or visit ahs.ca slash options. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Don't Call Me a Guru. Are you hanging in there? (laughs) Is this the most interesting Don't Call Me a Guru episode that you have listened to to date? If it is or isn't, please let me know on social media. But in all honesty, um, I do think that this was a nice social media news and features update. Like for me, it's so hard to stay on top of all of these changes. So uh, preparing for this episode really just brought me up to speed on all these different things that were happening on social media that I haven't necessarily been following along with the last couple of months. So some final news before we wrap up this episode, just some insights from recent social media surveys that I thought was interesting. For instance, Instagram influencers are apparently posting 150% more sponsored content than they were just a year ago. And micro-influencers, these are influencers with less than 10,000 followers, account for the majority of those influencers who are posting. So tacking onto that, it looks like influencer disclosures are also increasing, which is wonderful. Anyone who engages in an influencer partnership with a company should most definitely be disclosing their relationship. Longtime listeners will know that I feel very passionately about influencer disclosure. So I am happy to see that disclosures are increasing. Um, And, you know, I think I'm happy to see also that sponsored content is increasing. I think that just means that organizations are trying to experiment more with 
the type of content that they get to create or the type of people that they work with to create content for them. I think that's a good thing, as long as the partnership makes sense, the genre makes sense, um, and they're disclosing, then it's a win-win. Another interesting uh, but not really surprising stat, according to a new report, is about 77% of online influencers are women. However, they are earning approximately $100 less than their male counterparts. So influencer rates can certainly be challenging to navigate, but I think it is interesting and sad that the pay gap extends right on over into the influencer industry as well, which is not the best. I think I've seen probably a handful of my Facebook friends launch birthday fundraisers over the last few years. (laughs) Not years, months. Although, you know what? Maybe years, because Facebook fundraisers has been around for five years. So yeah, no, I'm going to stick with what I just said. A few years. (laughs) Uh, Facebook just recently announced that more than $2 billion have been raised through their fundraising platform from over 45 million people over the last five years. Um, Fundraising stickers uh, on Instagram are also slowly being rolled out around the world. Uh, Currently, it's in the U.S. They've just also rolled it out to European users. It's not available yet in Canada, uh, but really just some thinking around how you can utilize these built-in fundraising tools to support your organization could be a very easy and powerful uh, and effective way um, to raise money uh, if you're a nonprofit, for instance. And then my last little bit of insider news here today is that the social analytics platform Quintly has released a report on Instagram post performance and the impact that performance has uh, based on emojis, videos, caption length. They basically analyzed over 5 million posts from 34,000 Instagram business accounts. And the high-level findings are that images are still number one in terms of the type of Instagram content being shared. About 70% of business accounts are only sharing images. Um, Videos comes in next, about 20%. And then that carousel slideshow feature post type um, is is in last place. So not as many people uh, using the carousel slideshow. However, interestingly, the carousel posts actually do get more engagement than your regular images. And then when you do post a video, that is apparently uh, more engaging than standalone images as well. So just something to think about when you're, you know, a lot of people I think are married to the look and feel of their Instagram grid. Um, You don't want a video or uh, even the slideshow to kind of mess up that flow that you've got going. Um, But certainly not a bad thing to experiment and see whether or not these different post types um, end up being more interesting uh, for the audience that you have. The Quintly report also found that shorter captions between 1 and 50 characters are generally better uh, when it comes to engagement, apparently, but uh, longer captions really didn't perform that much lower. Um, And then apparently the higher number of emojis used in a caption equals the higher amount of engagements that you'll get. Um, Even though uh, the report found that the majority of business accounts don't really use emojis in their captions. Um, So I thought actually a lot of I mean, not surprising insights in that report, um, but just interesting reinforcements and good reminders about uh, maybe some things that you could be doing uh, differently with your Instagram post to get a bit more engagement. So if you want to read the full report, just look up Quintly Instagram Study 2019. And that's it. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this social media news catch-up episode interesting, useful, 
you know, it's going to be another month until you need to hear my voice. <laughs> so you probably had too much of Linda. I get it. Uh, Don't Call Me a Guru is recording at Nate's Radio Studio in Edmonton, Alberta. Proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. Thanks again to my new audio producer, Emma. Emma's going to say hi real quick. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, putting a voice to Emma. And uh, we'll be back next month with another episode. If you liked this or any of the other Don't Call Me a Guru episodes, please Please give it a great rating in whichever podcast service that you use. I hope that you can put these findings and studies and new features to use uh, in your organization. And that's it. Bye. The awesome podcast you just listened to was produced by Emma Morrison at the Nate Radio and Television Studio. The music bed was produced with the help of Doug Hoyer and the logo for Don't Call Me a Guru was designed by Rory Lee. Don't Call Me a Guru is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Financial.